Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And good evening, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. Hi, I'm MC Garcia. And we have with us tonight a very special guest, Jim Arrowood. Welcome back to the show. Howdy, it's glad to be back on. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, so Jim, of course, comes courtesy of, I don't know, the Babylon Project podcast, Dune Saga podcast, Jim Sci-Fi blog, and anywhere else you can find him. You are a busy man, Jim. I'm everywhere, I'm everywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> awesome. Well, welcome again back to the show. It's good to have you here. And tonight, we are talking Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh, yeah. And we are going to be spoiling the heck out of this. So if you've not watched it, go no further, because we will drop spoilers left and right. And we're just telling you that up front. So if you want to listen to this show, wait till you've seen Avengers, and then listen to it. If you're not going to go see Avengers, then go ahead and listen. <laughs> so, I think it's awesome that you put that at the top of the show. I just read an article yesterday about Game of Thrones that was about the TV show, and there was nothing listed about spoilers, and the dude, like three paragraphs in, spoilered a couple of things in the books that I haven't gotten to yet, and I was so mad. So I'm really <laughs> glad that you put that right out front so that folks would know. So stop listening, go see the movie, and then unpause and continue listening. Go, yeah, go see it now. Go see it yeah. now. Right now, right now. Stop, pause, get. But yeah, Unless so like feeding your kids or something, you should definitely take care of them first. Yeah, you definitely. That reminds me. So we had like mother. We had Mother's Day. This is ties in. All right, we had Mother's Day this past Sunday. Right. I hope yeah. you all took care of your mamas. Right, 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 right. I saw. I, I saw proof that M did on on the Facebook. But I bought my mother twelve gorgeous bags of mulch. <laughs> That is awesome. Um, You'll have uh, to meet my friend on Facebook to to read why. Right, right. So, um, so anyways, I got I got Chris, my wife, uh, the uh, card that said, "Well, we haven't killed the kids yet." <laughs> and then the inside said, "Well, we must have this parenting thing down right." Yeah, yes. It was. She laughed hysterically. Um, the Mother's Day thing figures in real easy because I took my wife to Age of Ultron on Sunday for Mother's oh, Day. Oh, that's so romantical. It is. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Hey, if uh, your lady Do likes Marvel movies, you married a good woman. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah she handles she handles it pretty good. Attic girl. Well, opening weekend is when I saw it, and I saw it with, and my wife took me to see it. And she is not a science fiction fan, normally. So, really? Nope, she's not. She, uh, I don't think she's ever gone to see a superhero movie with me, but she took me, and she knew I went to see it, and she uh, she kind of enjoyed it, I guess. Had she not seen the other ones? Nope. Really? Nope, she hadn't seen any of the other ones, so. And what'd she think? Oh. You know, she liked some of the acting. Um, some of the humor mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't. She didn't really talk too much about it. it wasn't It wasn't something that really engaged her. So she was. She sure through. could have fooled me after listening to the uh, Back to the Future. Well, see show. now, Back to the Future is a different beast because see, oh, yeah. Back to the thing about Back to the Future is it. It, it works as a period movie on two different levels. You have the uh, right. you have 1985 captures that, and then it captures the 50s. And my wife, as an actress, absolutely loves period movies, and so uh, it 
it is a science fiction movie because it's time travel and there's a little bit of you know loose science in there but it's um it's much more for her a drama and the story of two different time periods okay Okay. she's always she's always loved back to the future she she owns them on blu-ray absolutely loves them so it's a classic they're classic films they are they are so i ran them in the theater when they came out no oh yeah that's awesome those were hits they were hits they heard that's why they that's why we got a number two and a number three so yeah you bet yeah so anyways age of ultron here age of ultron um, so uh, we discussed a little bit about when we see it. Let's kind of talk about it a little bit more formally here. Miles, when did you see Age of Ultron? When did you go see it? Opening weekend. Opening weekend? Yes. And uh, theater packed? Uh, theater was packed. I did not see it in 3D or IMAX. I didn't need that. I still enjoyed it in regular definition. Yeah. How about you, M? Uh, so you saw it twice, obviously, today being the second. When did you see it the first time? So I saw it Thursday night. There were theaters here in D.C. who were, who started showing it Thursday at 10 in the morning. And a bunch of us went uh, Thursday night at the Alamo with the nice recliners and they serve you beer and, and snacks. Um, and it was, it was every showing was, I bought the tickets three weeks in advance and we had to go at 1040 because every other option was sold out. Wow. For Thursday. It wasn't right even now. the official opening day. That's awesome. That's awesome. And Jim, your first time seeing it, was it with your wife? Uh, no. The first time I saw it, uh, I took Chrissy, and I have a area science fiction group page on uh, Facebook, and I put out there that we were going to have a meetup down there, and I think about eight of us got together and all went to the theater together and watched it. And it was pretty close to sold out. Awesome. It was a it was a matinee at two o'clock in the afternoon matinee. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, yeah. We went uh, Saturday uh, of opening weekend, and it was a seven o'clock showing, and it wasn't. It might have been sold out by the time the movie started. When we got there half an hour ahead of time, there were still tickets available. Uh, it was pretty packed though, and it was a 1950s style theater. Um, with I guess modern modern equipment, obviously to play the movie and everything, but it it was nice. It was kind of a, it's not a theater that I typically run to when I go to see my movies, but it was a very a very nice theater to be in to see it. So, um, and did you go back M then to the same theater again to see it again? No. Um, hold on one sec. Why is this playing? Um, I I went to my local AMC just to catch it and um, just. I knew it was a. I went in kind of in the middle of the day so that I could, a get like minimal amount of people so I could hear everything, and b I wanted to see what it was like with a totally different kind of crowd because a buddy of mine who went this past week for the second time, he noted that when you go see it the opening weekend you're going with all the fans you're going with the comic book fans you're going with the diehards you're going with the Whedon fans you know old Buffy pal you know going way back so there's all those beautiful little nuances those beautiful little inside jokes and little quirks that only the Whedonites can get and there's that wonderful laughter and feeling and then when you go and see it with uh, for lack of a better word the norms 
just people who are going to see it because it's really great, they don't laugh at the same places, <laughs> or sometimes they don't laugh at all. Right. So it it was that was an interesting thing that I noted today. There was maybe two dozen people in the theater, which was really nice. Well, good, good. And Jim, did you see it at the same theater then a second time? Yes, I, I did. Um, All right. And in 2D. Oh, did yeah, I? I? I saw it in 2D. I didn't spend the money to go see it in IMAX or 3D. No. Well, very cool. So Age of Ultron, um, do you want to read the stats on how it did? Uh, sure. So it's uh, May 11th, so I guess this is a day back. But as of yesterday, how did this movie do at the box office So as far as money-wise? Uh, its domestic total as of May 11th was uh, $318,876,000. Uh, Very cool. So and just domestically, a, and, so domestically, it already made... Uh, it's you know it was budget two fifty million so two hundred fifty million so it's already surpassed that it just, just just with domestic just with domestic yeah and uh, worldwide um, with the foreign it, it it it's clear so far five hundred sixty two million four hundred let me back up five hundred sixty two four hundred million and total is uh, eight hundred eighty one million two hundred one one hundred seventy six so we're, this movie is bound to break that. The billion dollar mark, right? I, I can't see it not yeah. doing it. Yeah. Did, did anyone know? Did the first Avengers break the billion dollar mark? I want to say it did. I think it did. Box office mojo. That's what I should be hitting right now. Hmm. But yeah, um, so so it's doing really well. It's um, so it's uh, it's definitely doing well for him, and uh, especially with what it brought. Well, let's um, let's talk about the movie experience in general before we get in the movie. When, when we went to the movie, we saw a certain bank of trailers. And the the trailers that M mentioned earlier, Jim, were they the same trailers that you saw? Uh, two of them are. Tomorrowland and Ant-Man were, were on there. Okay. Uh, I don't remember don't remember any of the other ones. Those are two that stuck with me, though. And then the new Star Wars, tra- the second Star Wars trailer, the one with, the, with Han Solo, that one was tacked on when I went to see it at the Alamo, but today it wasn't tacked on. The fan, um, Fantastic Four was tacked on today. And, oh, and at the Alamo. We get to see all of those. Yeah, you know what? We saw all those. We saw Tomorrowland, Ant-Man, Fantastic Four, but we did not see the Star Wars trailer in ours. So Yeah, well, I, we saw oh God, Star Wars. Oh, it was Wars. so delicious to see it on a big screen. Oh, yeah. I'll bet. Uh, we saw Star Wars trailer, Tomorrowland, and um, uh, I think it was uh, Jurassic World and Ant Man. Okay, you know what? I think Jurassic World was in one of, in our theater too. Oh, Jurassic World today they had it. I saw Jurassic World today. Yeah, yeah. So that's Star Wars. Cool. Yeah, did everyone see the uh, the uh, Star Wars trailer redone with Jar Jar Binks in it? No, that doesn't exist. <laughs> We're not that's discussing sacrilege. that. Ever. It's it was funny. Ever. It is, it is hilarious. Ever. So. I almost started a fight in a comic book shop because of that the, the that word. <laughs> so, I, n- uh, no. No. It was classic. That it was exist. classic. Oh, yeah. It was. <laughs> it, t- it totally does if ruin you're the trailer. It, let me know. I'm going to take my headphones off and then just wave at the camera when you're done. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We will not discuss it, but that it was is- hilarious. How much I abhor that beast 
and those <laughs> stupid three fan films. But that's for another podcast. <laughs> All right, we'll wait. We won't talk about that. So let's talk. Well, let's, let's, let's discuss these trailers a little bit before we get into Age of Ultron sure. proper. So we had Tomorrowland. What are you guys thinking about Tomorrowland as you've seen this trailer? What if there was a place where the best and the brightest people in the world came together to actually change it? Real? Yes. Of all the people, why me? You really are special. You could actually change the future. Come with us. Disney's Tomorrowland. Rated PG. Friday. That's easy. George Clooney. I know. The guy is my idol. I love George Clooney because that guy got all the cool that I was supposed to get. (laughs) Life is so unfair. It is. The unfairness of life, right? That's life, yeah. There's been another... There's another trailer surfacing, running around, but the trailer for Tomorrowland that was tacked on to Ultron, and I have to say this about Ant-Man and Fantastic Four, these three... It, they were much are much richer trailers than what we've been seeing on TV and running around the interwebs. It's much darker, much more serious, much more intense, and and less you know. Hey, we made a movie about this thing that's really just a ride at Disney. There's you can actually sense that there's a story and there's a mission and and there's some danger and there's some good characters. So I, I was very very pleased to see. I was on the fence about Tomorrowland until I saw the second trailer. Well, the one thing I am afraid of with Tomorrowland is, is that they've shot their wad completely on on this trailer and that the movie's going to be disappointing. I'm afraid of that. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, maybe. I've been looking, you know, from the very first trailer when they were just teasing us, I've been kind of looking forward to this movie coming down the pike. It just looks, it looks fun. It looks engaging. It's... Kind of this whole parallel worldish type thing that's Looks going like on. Looks like an adventure. Yeah, exactly. And I think you know it's Disney. I think that this might be a movie. I don't know what the rating on it is, but I, I, this is a movie that I might be able to take my son to see. It looks PG mm. at least. Yeah. So if it's like PG thirteen, then it's out. But PG, yeah, I can take my son to see this. So this is kind of a cool movie. I'm looking forward to this movie. Mm-hmm. He really wants to see Jurassic World, but there's no way an he double hockey stick. I'm going to do it. It's not about control. Stand down. It's a relationship. Based on respect. These animals are thinking, I gotta eat. I gotta hunt. I gotta... You gotta be able to relate to at least one of those things. Unveiled a new attraction. Attendance has spiked. That was awesome. Corporate felt genetic modification would up the wow factor. They're dinosaurs. Wow enough. She was designed to be bigger than the T-Rex. What happened to the sibling? She ate it. We have an asset out of containment. What is that? Her tracking implant. She clawed it out. How would it know to do that? She remembered where they put it in. 
sport. You got 20,000 people. You got no more boats. You don't have enough guns. If we do this, we do this my way. We got eyes on target. Light it up! Something's wrong. They're communicating. We're talking about an animal here. A highly intelligent animal. Because... Ah. Despite the, despite the fact there's dinosaurs in it, it's really a horror movie. Well, yeah, you, you know these dinosaurs are going to eat people, so right, right. But he apparently he apparently was watching YouTube and saw the trailer and now wants to see it. So. Has he seen the first movie? No, he hasn't seen any of the dinosaur movies. But they're all kind uh, of horror. They're, they're all kind of horror esque. So I showed Chrissy for the first time Jurassic Park about two weeks ago, and every time somebody got munched, she started laughing. She just thought it was hilarious. And how old is she? <laughs> She's 11. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's funny. Now, see, I got another three years ago then. So, <laughs> <laughs> so my son's only eight, but he really wants to. So he wanted to see Avengers too, but again, you know, it's not so much a language or some of that, but some of the violence is just there. I don't know, but mm. maybe I'm being too uh, overprotective. But what are you guys thinking about Ant-Man? Imagine a soldier the size of an insect. The ultimate secret weapon. If you give godlike powers to everyone, it's going to be chaos. So how do we stop him? By knowing I. Scott, I've been watching you for a while. You're different. And I believe everyone deserves a shot at redemption. Do you? Absolutely. My days of breaking into places and stealing stuff are over. What do you want me to do? I want you to break into a place and steal some stuff. Makes sense. Are you ready to become the hero? Now, this suit has power. You have to learn how to control it. And these are your greatest allies. You're kind of cute. Whoa. When you're small, you have superhuman strength. You like a bullet. So you need to know how to punch. You want to show me how to punch? Show me how to punch. That's how you punch. You tried to hide your suit from me. Now, it's gonna blow up in your face and destroy everyone you care about. Scott, get out of there! Did you think you could stop the future? You're just a thief! No, I'm Ant-Man. I know, it wasn't my idea. 
I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. I, I may break down and go see that in movie theaters. I think it's I think it's worth the theaters. I think um, uh, the first trailer made it look like it was going to be kind of goofy and funny. The trailer that was released with Ultron shows a much richer story of what's going on, who's who's involved. It's you know there's still the little one-liners. It's kind of for me it feels like a mix of Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy with the quick wit. Um, I, I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see it. I really want to I want to see it in the theaters because when you when you build all that beautiful AI or not AI um what's the word um, CGI the thing with the computer and the graphics CGI 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 Wow I'm feeling smart today um, <laughs> it just it's sometimes it it I I want to do it the the justice of seeing it on a big screen once at least. I mean, I might go just see it as a matinee, but we'll see. I am looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah. And Jim, how about you? What are you thinking about Ant-Man? Well, when I first heard it had come out, there was talk between Ant-Man and uh, uh, the Black Panther, and I was really pulling for the Black Panther movie instead, but they said Ant-Man, so... I had no intention of seeing it at all. But after seeing the trailer, uh, I am definitely going to go see it. And Chrissy said, just try to go without me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a given. You're definitely going. So the, here's, to, yes. here's a good reason why I, I encourage people to see it in the theaters. Um, Paul Rudd had something to do with the screenplay, and he's he's a tremendous nerd. So oh, yeah. you know it's going to do justice. And yeah. Edgar Wright, who is one of my f most favorite writers and directors, he also had a hand in the screenplay and the story and, and is, was involved with it as well. And I have not seen a, an Edgar Wright film I didn't like. And especially if you're a big fan of um, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and The World's End, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, those are all amazing movies. So there's there's some good bones under this, and I mean, and apparently Peggy Carter's in it. Oh my gosh, that's very cool. <laughs> I just am on the IMDb page because I wanted to see who was involved, and as soon as I saw Edgar Wright, Paul Rudd in the writing credits, okay, I'm in because I I trust those guys. All right, very good. Yeah, I don't know whether I'm gonna see it in theaters or not. I'm a uh, kind of ambivalent. I. Ant-Man has always been a fascinating story, and I especially love the whole relationship between Ant-Man and Pixie, or whoever they call her in the mm -hmm. comics. I story. think you're right. Pixie, right? So, and uh, and so I love that. I hope that, I hope that she makes an appearance in the movies. Um, yeah. Did you guys hear, as we were hearing discussions about Age of Ultron, about how Marvel has changed the storyline of, of Ultron, because Ultron is originally created by Ant-Man? In the comic, oh, no idea. I've heard that. Yeah, so so he, like so they so it's weird to have like Bruce Banner and like um, Tony Stark, Tony Stark, and I guess Thor that kind of brings Vision to life. Uh, I guess it's. Oh, I'm sorry, it wasn't Ultron. It's Vision. Was it Vision or Ultron? It was Vision. It was Vision. I think it was Vision. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was Vision, and and they, he's not even mentioned in the Marvel movie. It's kind of a separate thing. So, you know, whatever. That's that's nitpicking, and that's one of those things like, 
you know, those fanboys going, it's not like the comic books. And I'm never like that. You know, it's not, that doesn't bother me, that stuff. But uh, I did hear that discussion. And so I'm kind of interested to see how they're going to be doing it. And if they're going to pull Ant-Man into any of the future movies, it'd be kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he, okay, so I'm on, I'm actually on the Vision Wikipedia page. The robot Ultron is the creator of the Vision, a type of android he calls a synthesoid for use against Ultron's own creator, Dr. Hank Pym, who is Ant-Man. Right. And Pym's wife, Janet, who ends up being called the Wasp. Oh, um, yeah, he's called, she's called the Wasp as well. Okay. So, so, so yeah, so it sounds like that Ultron is the creation of Hank Pym, our Ant-Man. And well, okay. Yeah. Got it. Done. Yeah, so that's kind of the correlation to that. So anyways, it was neat to see that they had Ant-Man, at least as a trailer, even though he wasn't in the movie at all. But, but we'll Any interest in uh, fan... Uh, so the rebooting Fantastic Four, what do you think of this Fantastic Four? Dr. Storm, we gave you six years and millions of dollars, and you gave us nothing. What's different now? Reed Richards. He knows answers to questions we don't even know to ask yet. This is our chance to learn more about our planet and maybe even save it. I want you to meet my daughter, Sue. You want to be famous? I just want my work to make a difference. John, Reed, this guy doesn't take orders well. Yeah, especially from people who say, I don't take orders well. Don't let any of these lab coats give you any crap, all right? Well, if I do, I know who to call. The muscle. I gotta say, it's fun having you here. Really? No. <laughs> what you've created here is incredible. You guys sure you're in the best shape to be doing this? Yeah. yeah. We're good. They just cracked interdimensional travel. Where are my children? Four have survived. All exhibit unique physical conditions. I just want to fix my friends. You can't fix this. You should use these powers to help people. You open the door, you don't know how to close. You don't know anything about what's coming. What is coming? Doom. If you want to stop him, it's going to take everything you have. Two minutes. Might be a little less. <laughs> there is sacrifice. And there are consequences. I 
it looks interesting to me. It, it's definitely a more darker take than what we saw. Uh, I guess the movies they made about ten years ago, whenever it was. Um, but it lo- looks interesting to me. I, I, I will definitely check it out. I think about you? time. I'm definitely going to see it. I'm probably going to see it as a matinee. But I think in 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 a follow up to Miles' comment, I think as these movies have become much more sophisticated, and as the fans have have grown with these stories, and a lot of them did. I don't know. The first two Fantastic Four movies were just a joke. They were way too cartoony. They were way too Saturday afternoon. Um, they've seen. They felt like pulp to me. And I think, if I understand it correctly, that this kind of there's a world of Fantastic Four where it's it's the they're like a, a golden age or a silver or whatever age it is that they're pulling from that instead of the stuff we've already seen. And I, I, I kind of like this more sophisticated look at, at comic books and, and these stories. So um, I find it, I found it much richer and much more, I keep using the word sophisticated. I just, I, I think it's much, it has, it's deeper than, than, you know, a blonde wig and a hot dude and a leotard. Oh, very good. And Jim, how about you? Chris Evans. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> I just said something in my throat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I hate when it happens. Oh, man. Jim? Well, I, I don't know. I didn't care for the comic book uh, when I was reading comic books, and I didn't hear anything good about the last two movies. I'm, I might, I'm going to give it a chance because Marvel is just seems to be making one great movie after another. But maybe a matinee or uh, a rental. How about I go see all of them and then I'll let you know. Yeah, you do that. You do that. <laughs> all right, take That's one a... for the team. <laughs> all right. Well, we we really should talk about Ultron. We're about twenty five minutes into the show. We haven't really talked about the movie yet. So let's Yay. talk about let, let's talk about Age of Ultron. Um, what? Where do you want to start? Do you want to talk about the characters? Do you want to talk about favorite moments? I mean, how do you want to? How do you want to roll this? Um, well, I, could, if we just talk through the movie and then right, let's then, talk through the movie. That's I mean, why. it so, immediately opens up with action and snarkiness, and you know that joyful Whedon kind of way. Who gave the order to attack? Stryker is the Avengers. Deploy the rest of the tanks. Can we hold them? They're the Avengers. Odds are we'll be riding into heavy fire. And that's what we signed up for. Keep the fight between us. Yeah, absolutely. I love the fact that in the opening scenes, you get that dial, that running joke that runs through the entire movie about watch your language. You know, and it, and it's this language. Is cap- language, <laughs> language. You know, and it gets thrown back in Captain America. Captain America is the uh, one that's, so prim and proper and well, what I like about that is it just it, I mean it, it play it, it creates some good humor there but also at the same time we're reminded of the fact that this is a man out of time I mean he's, yeah absolutely he's from 70 years ago in the past and um, if we've seen his journey we've seen him have to adjust to the modern world and it hasn't been a um, easy transition um, so Again, played brilliantly and written bu- brilliantly um, with just this humor of 
somebody drop, dropping an S-bomb and him getting um, upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, definitely. Now, this is also kind of where we get the whole, um, um, what is it, Black Widow and uh, Hulk relationship kind of playing with. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure what I thought about that. I wasn't either. I, was, uh, uh, I mean, I guess there ha- had to be something. She would eventually end up with with somebody, you would think. Um, but uh, Bruce Banner, that was an interesting choice. I thought, you know, there was. I thought there was a little bit of chemistry between her and uh, Captain America in the last Captain America movie. But um, that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but oh, having they mentioned. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jim. Go ahead, Jim. That's all right. I talked over you, Em. Go ahead. No, no. You go ahead. You're the guest. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I, I did like their relationship. And um, another podcast I listened to did a review and said that uh, Banner could have been old enough to be her dad. So it was kind of creepy. But I didn't see it that way, you know. Um, here are two people who have who want to change their lives and they got together and decided they wanted to change their lives together. Well, at least, at least black widow did. Right. And so I thought that was, they had a lot of good chemistry between them. I, I did like that part of the story, even though that it's catching a lot of hate everywhere. Yeah, It didn't necessarily bother me. It just, it, it just felt a bit odd. And so I didn't like I didn't have any adverse reaction to it. It was just kind of like you know whatever. And you were going to say you were going to comment on that. So, having watched, uh, having had a lot of time on my hands because I'm still unemployed, um, I've watched a lot of these movies and in succession um, to prepare myself and remind myself of a lot of storylines. There was something. There was a connection back in Avengers. And there was, there, I think, between the relationship between Hawkeye and Widow was one of, of deep, deep respect and, and, and friendship. I, I never got the romantic vibe from that relationship. I, to me, it felt, you know, when she made the comment about, I got a lot of red on my ledger, and he, he saved me. And she saved him. They, they have their, uh, there's a lot of mutual, deep, affinity for each other but I didn't take it as a romantic one and then you know in Winter Soldier she was flirty with Cappy and she's flirty with everybody and then in this movie he you know after she's all cute and flirty with Banner behind the bar um, even Cappy says look you know I, I've seen flirting and that's what with you it's different it's, it's mm-hmm. important and it's special and I, I saw that click between her and Banner in the first Avengers movie. Um, I, I I never saw it, but I the the whole like the position that the that the the movie makers of this film decided to put Widow in didn't exactly thrill me. Um, but it didn't it wasn't worth like the hate email and death threats that Whedon was getting so much so that. He just kind of said, "All right, I'm done. I'm I'm off Twitter. I'm off all of this." Because I was just looking at it. Some 16-year-old boy threatened his life over just and like a 14-year-old girl. That's just that's just crazy talk. You know, it, the story is what it is, and it was 
I, I think that they're learning that they need to be, they being the studio, they need to be much, much more respectful of Widow, her relationships, the people in her life. Um, I don't think in the next movies we're going to see her pining for Banner. I think she's going to miss him a lot. I think she's. I think that that's going to continue forward. But uh, she's not going to. She's not going to be all like you know, pint of ice cream, crying, watching Sixteen Candles. Oh, she <laughs> would never do that. No, she yeah. punch that a girl is... in the face for doing that. Yeah, <laughs> Natasha Romanoff would never pine away for somebody. She's always got something coming along. Right, and the we, age thing that you brought up, Jim, um, do we even know how old she is? Because she could just be incredibly well-preserved thanks to being, you know, she could be who knows how old. Yeah, see, I, I, as I said, I didn't understand that that statement myself. I was, mm. uh, I disagree with it completely. Mm. Yeah, I can't say that, that the age thing really struck me as being odd. Like, man, she's so much younger than than him. I I never thought about that. I do like the the backstory we get into how kind of how Black Widow was created. Well, she said something also. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't recall if it was talking with Banner or talking with um, Hawkeye. Uh, I think it was with Banner now um, about children. She said when she was in Russia and when she was an agent, she got sterilized. Yeah, so that's so, not even. Yeah, nice. she did that in this movie with Banner. Yeah, so we get. I mean, yeah. As we talk about this movie, we'll get more some background backstory on these of these people. And and the movie has caught some some hate for that scene also, saying that Natasha was being whiny, and. You know, I'll tell you what. All it did for me was make her way more human. Mm. I agree with that. Yeah. No, I, I, no, I, I yeah, I'll I tell agree. you what. I just think that. I just think she's an incredible character, and and I would dearly love to see a movie with just her. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> you know, I, I agree. I agree with you, Jim. I'm just not sure that we're going to see it at least not anytime soon. So. Well, you know, she was in that in that movie a few months back, Lucy. And that was a weird film. It was weird, and it wasn't a great film, but she did a great job in it. Yeah, I think I made it through about 15 minutes of that movie on a plane somewhere, and I said, "Oh, well, I don't want to watch this." <laughs> so yeah, you should have stuck with it because she really sold. She really sold her character. Okay, good. good. Her, her performance was worth seeing. Right. So we go from this huge battle where they go in and they rescue Loki's staff, right? That's kind of their the, objective. The, was it the, yeah, his. Yeah. His... Yep. So it's his staff and um, we kind of meet, do it, when we meet the uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, right? Wanda and Pietro Maximoff, twins, orphaned at 10 when a shell collapsed their apartment building. How are you guys planning on beating them together? We're kind of introduced to them as two new uh, baddies slash eventually turned Avengers, right? And uh, so we're introduced to them. Isn't that that what they call them? The specials? Oh, yeah, the specials. Yeah, that's right. They do call them the specials. So they call them the specials. Uh, Anything more? What was that, Jim? 
they weren't they I thought they were referred to as enhanced. Enhanced. That's it. That's exactly yeah. it. You're right, Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So the the enhanced, right? So we do that. Any yeah. anything else that's significant in that scene? Is this the one where uh Captain America gets the vision of him dead and all the other superheroes dead? Is that in this scene? Yeah, that's the no, that's uh, Iron Man does. Yeah. Oh, Iron Man sees that. Yeah, that's he, he mm-hmm. gets. Yeah, and that that kind of is a dry. That's an important scene mm-hmm. in that movie. What do you think of that vision that he has? Well, it's uh, kind of creepy. I mean, you you knew. I mean, you know, our heroes prevail, but at the same time, it's it was still um, just seeing them dead was uh, creepy. Hmm. I, if anything, it. it 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 set up the volume of guilt that he felt that he didn't do the job that he needed to do or he didn't do it well enough and that if he doesn't do it well enough they're all going to end up dead mm. and that scarlet witch brought that out i don't like she didn't put the put it in his head i think she just tapped into the deepest darkest um the the biggest fear he had in his in his brain and it played out and it was also the motivation, I think, for him to create Ultron. Oh, no yes. doubt. No doubt. This is the thing. I mean, she intended, almost intended for him to do this, to, to create Ultron. And so him and Banner, of course, discover that there's actually like a master computer inside this uh, Loki's staff and um, they decide to try and bring him to life. Right. Yeah. More than just a computer, more more of a it, the the dream AI. It was right. it was the right. the key that the key that I loved is when Banner got a look at it. They showed he they brought up what Jarvis Jarvis looked like in you know in a in a corporate semi form in a three dimensional form, and then they brought up this thing, and when. You know, you could see everything kind of moving mechanically in Jarvis, but this thing, as soon as Banner was like, it's thinking. It's yeah. like firing like neurons. Banner got it. I mean, it was, I think it was always a sentient something that was there. How do you think Iron Man wrote Banner into agreeing with him? Or why do you think Banner went along with it? He's a scientist. He's curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. He's, he seemed he seemed a little bit reluctant, which I think he was supposed to, but he's kind of this reluctant, you know, sidekick there, but still curious. Yeah. I wonder if this is some of the reason we see him kind of running off in the end. His feeling of responsibility in the creation of this. Well, and... I and think... Wait, go ahead. That's more from when he went full on Hulk, when he just let the green guy go because, well, he didn't, um, Scarlet Witch, when that, you, he was tormented after the battle of the beginning, but the way that, that, that his character was portrayed after that giant rampage in the city where he just couldn't control himself, he was being driven by the most visceral need of just, ah! I think, and that's something he's always feared. And he he makes comment about it in the first Avengers movie, um, and this one it's it's a big deal for him to let out the Hulk, and he makes the statement just to um, to Widow. You know, people saw the Hulk. People really saw 
the Hulk, and that right. frightened him. I think I think the running away at the end. I think that was him protecting something that he 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 wants. I think he wants that normal life, but will never get it, and now has even more cause to be away from it and protect it. No, I, 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 I he didn't want to hurt Natasha. Mm. And you and you remember how how Thor was trying to console him, you know, uh, all the people you killed. Well, you didn't really kill that many. They were, they, some of them were just kind of maimed. Well, no, not maimed, but they were bruised and many, you know, hmm. uh, yeah. sword deltoids <laughs> and. <laughs> And you could see Banner's reaction to to that was he was just disgusted with himself. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, okay, so maybe he didn't run away because of that, but I think in a ver- I think in a roundabout way, it's probably all ties in. But I wonder if he ran away also because he felt hurt by uh, uh, Black Widow for bringing him out I mean to, in, throughout the I mean that part in the movie he was like he was he wanted to be done letting the Hulk out and he was almost uh, well, right. well he, he forced against his will to let the Hulk out basically he got pushed off a cliff um, and so I wonder if he took some exception to that oh maybe maybe alright so we have the we have the party happening mm-hmm. immediately after they tried bringing Ultron out right so um, fun. Oh, yes. so fun. <laughs> so go ahead. Tell us a little bit about this, Emma. Well, so they're they're socializing. They're you know they're it's they're they're due for a revel. And um, what's his name? Uh, the Iron Iron Justice. No. War Machine. Uh, Iron Legion. War Machine. Yes. War Machine. <laughs> War Machine's telling his little like. And I was like, is this what you're looking for? And silence from Thor and Stark. And he's like, I tell other people that kills. And they're like, oh, well, yes. Is that the end of the story? Yes, it's very good. But, yeah. And I hate you guys. That was just really – and then when the, uh, then Stark and Thor are playing the whole my girlfriend is better than your girlfriend thing. Yeah. It was kind of that little <laughs> relaxing moment. And you really got to see – which, from the very beginning of the movie, you got to see that they have all developed a, a comfort level with each other to be able right. to give each other crap like that. And yeah. Thor is about to walk away and goes, Jane's still bent, huh? And walks away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just to see them all, like, as as one would do, reveling in their, you know, many beers will be had. And moment, it's, it was really fun. And we got to see some of our favorite people. Yep. So um, the dude from Winter Soldier, uh, who I can't remember his name. He has the, I guess it's Hawk. Sam. Sam. But what's his character name? Like his his the Falcon. Falcon. The Falcon. The Falcon. Yeah. The Falcon. You get a little hint as to what's coming up with the new um, with the new Captain America movie because he's yeah. given him. He's like, well, you know, avenging is much scarier than my, you know, missing persons. And so there's that little nugget drop there, which was nice. And to see War Machine there, and Don Cheadle is just done. I mean, any, <laughs> I, I could see him on any screen for any time. Um, so to have that little nugget there, and um, to see what's her name, Colby, her character used so much more than just a badass chick in a tight uniform. To see that she's 
like she's number two. She is running right. things with Tony Stark, and consequently <laughs> with Samuel L. Jackson too. Right, right, no doubt. I also <laughs> like the that whole that whole bantering about you know why you can't lift the hammer. You are not worthy. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was, oh, hilarious. that was released last fall as like a little um that was tagged onto an episode of uh of Agents of Shield. Yeah, whosoever be he worthy you shall have of the power whatever, man. It's a trick. Oh, it is much more than that, my friend. <laughs> if I lift it, do I get to rule Asgard? Yes, of course. I will be fair but firmly cruel. <clears throat> be right back. Are you even pulling? Are you on my team? Just represent, pull. All right, let's go. Come on, Cap. <laughs> Nothing. Oh, no, no, that's not a question I need answered. The handle's imprinted. Whosoever is carrying Thor's fingerprints is, I think, the literal translation. Yes, well, that's a very interesting theory. I have a simpler one. You're all not worthy. Oh. <laughs> How could you be worthy? You're all puppets tangled in strings. That made me laugh endlessly, especially when Cappy goes to he goes to pick it up, and you hear the little ee of the hammer squeaking on the glass, and you see Thor's face kind of go err, and then when he can't pick it up, he's he just kind of relaxes and goes, oh yeah, okay, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, there was there was Natasha's reaction, you know, aren't you gonna try? I don't need to try this. I don't need to prove anything. Yeah. <laughs> you, right. you test testosterone animals go for it then. Well, it's it's so funny because then it's it's again, it's like the uh language, language throughout the movie, then this becomes like a running joke throughout the movie, so then when vision just picks it up and hands it to him. Everyone's like, um, he's worthy, you know. <laughs> yeah. You kinda of have that, that joke that kinda of runs through it. So and they, and they did it really subtly too because there was um, the fight in when they went to go get Ultron when he was trying to get all the vibranium and silver silver streak no quicksilver 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 in his super fasty fast sees meow meow flying by and he goes oh and grabs hold and that thing hurls him and it's right. very clear that even he's not fast enough to handle it. It's just it's very very subtle. These this little hint of this isn't going to happen and then when Vision just hands it to Thor, immediately every every single one of those people should not have questioned him at all because he you can't pick up the damn thing without pick it up unless you're worthy and clearly meow meow thinks Vision is worthy. Let's just go and kick some butt. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mule. My friends are trying to teach me how to say it, and I can. I, I just don't have the the phonics. Mjolnir? No. Mjolnir. That, that sounds right. Mjolnir. I don't know. Mjolnir. I just keep calling it meow meow. Meow <laughs> meow. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know. The hammer. Yeah. The hammer. <laughs> 
this thing is terribly well balanced. Well, you know, if it doesn't, it throws off your. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I chortled out loud when that little moment happened, and I was I'm the only one who was going to do it. It's so cute. Oh. Terribly well balanced. <laughs> it was a great moment, and um, it was a know, great way to introduce. Like, so they're all. They're all there. They're all having a good time. They're all having a good laugh. They're, you know, it's everybody's gone. You're just there with your best mates, and then that's when poop hits the fan. Boom! Oh, yeah, yeah, Ultron. <laughs> I know you mean well. You want to protect the world, but you don't want it to change. There's only one path to peace. Your extinction. I'm gonna show you something beautiful. The whole world screaming for mercy. Everyone tangled in Strings. Yeah, James Spader's voice was perfect. Ugh. Perfect for Ultron. You couldn't have had a more calm yet sinister villain play this character. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like Blacklist. You know, you know, just just bring him, bring it. So he he was like listening to evil made of velvet. It was unbelievable. And having watched him on TV a lot. I love I love him on television. Motion capture on him because there were little head twerks and arm motions and hand motions that are very James Spader and to see that in the creepy giant maniacal oh, my um, Ultron and I think they even did face capture too because he's got his that smile. Quirk. His smile was Spader's smile and you're like, yeah. oh. They and I I took a good look today. So that thing had eyebrows that emoted, which was, you know, how'd you do that with just metal? But we'll discuss the physics of that later. Um <laughs> but he the way that he blinked and would kind of close his eyes a little bit and the way he would speak to people with that kind of tilted head and the the eyebrow but with the chin forward just beautifully captured. He just he was he was evil. He was deliciously evil, made of velvet. I loved it. He, uh, we'll cover this when we get to some of the trivia. But he was actually, I mean, physically there, so the actors can play off of him. Yeah, he had like a three foot prosthetic sticking out of his head. So kind there, of not a prosthetic, but some sort of mechanism that made it look like he was. Well, for eyeline, because yeah. he because Ultron was supposed to be huge. Uh, but there's a there's a funny. Well, 
Might as well in, in, yeah, in, go ahead. interject. Sure. So Elizabeth Olsen stated that this was actually distracting because Spader would be given intense performance, and out of instinct she would look at him rather than uh, the balls representing his eyes. Much to everyone's amusement, whenever this happened, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, who played uh, Quicksilver, would yell, Red balls! Look at his balls! Lizzie had her in order to get her to look at in the right direction. <laughs> but wouldn't that be even lower? <laughs> Language. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Language. 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 I wish I had the thing from 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 The Price is Right when you get it wrong. That's, <laughs> oh, that was awful. Oh, man. But yeah. You, well, that's a quarter. You need to put a quarter in the jar. I don't have for... a swear jar here. I didn't swear, though. I just. Uh... No, but I swear that was terrible. So <laughs> <laughs> oh man yikes alright so where were we at we were at the uh, so Ultron we were... comes out and says you oh, have no strings on me um, so he comes out with that famous line from the trailer and everything else and then he disappears into the web he has a beautiful monologue too of self-awareness when he meets um, when he meets Jarvis and then they disappear we get to the party and then he comes back and he's he it, it's amazing because it's not it's very clear that it's not just an AI who is incredibly advanced but has so much information is a little bit psychopathic it is in fact in the theater before the movie started the guy that was running the theater came out and said now there's going to be a moment where the where the theater will turn dark it doesn't mean the movie stopped and it's that place where he becomes self-aware and you see that little blip of light in the screen and then that awareness comes and you hear his yeah. voice. But there's just that pause that if you aren't expecting it, I guess you might think the movie's ended. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I wouldn't have gotten that, but some people apparently must have complained about it. Um, but yeah, so so we have him there. What happens next? Anything? Is, do we need to talk about the self-awareness? Anything more about that? There's nothing to say other than it was gorgeous. It was, yeah, it was beautiful. so beautifully written. Beautifully, beautifully written. And I, in my heart of hearts, I, I honestly thought that he killed Jarvis because I knew that Friday was coming. And his his girl Friday, which I, I, could, I think that's hilarious, that little blurb right there. Um, but I'll go into that when that shows up. I thought Jarvis was gone because I'd heard... I, I kept away from all the media because I wanted to just enjoy it with childlike wonder. and But I had heard that a, a very important character was going to die. So I thought it was I thought it was Big J, and that, that was heartbreaking. I also right. thought Jarvis was gone. Right. Well, so the, the character that he said was going to die is, was it Quicksilver? Is that who Quicksilver. Really yeah. 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 So, so yeah, it took him a long time to get. It took a long time for Joss to get him to sign on board. I think it took him a year and a half of kind of coaxing before he finally decided he was going to do the movie. Yeah, that's what. So that's what it says. Yeah. All right. So we have, we now have Ultron running loose. What happens next of significance? Well, Ultron goes and steals the. Uh... The substance, what is the it? The staff. He goes Vibra he steals the staff. This could have been avoided if you hadn't played with no, something you don't I'm understand. Sorry. I'm sorry. It is funny. It's a hoot that you don't get why we need this. Tony, maybe this might not be the time. Really? To... That's it. 
You just roll over, show your belly every time somebody snarls. Only when I've created a murder bot. We didn't. We weren't even close. Were we close to an interface? Well, you did something right. And you did it right here. The Avengers were supposed to be different than she. Anybody remember when I carried a nuke through a wormhole? No, it's never come up. Save no, New York? Never heard that. Recall that? A hostile alien army came charging through a hole in space. We're standing 300 feet below it. We're the Avengers. We can bust arms dealers all the live long day, but that up there, that's, that's the end game. How are you guys planning on beating them? Together. Oh yeah. He's, so while all of that, then he brings to life all the, 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 the other little critters, big, you know, pow, 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 bang, 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 smash, zoom. In the meantime, one of the little critters escapes with the, um, with the staff and then heads back to, Stro to Stoker's lab. Um, and Ultron manages to escape via the internet along with all the data they had and just wipes them clean and takes off, even though his little corporeal thing is busted, is broken down. He, of course, you know, Wi-Fi is a good thing until it's bad, like at this moment when the bad right. guy gets away. Yeah. Yeah, but he went and picked up the, the substance to make his new body with, didn't he? Right. That was, so he went, that happened, oh, that's it, oh my god, I, everything's blending. Right. I can't remember if, so if he went there to get his stuff, they started working on it, and then you go back to the Avengers trying to figure out what's going on, they... He picks up the enhanced people somewhere along the way. You're wondering why you can't look inside my head. Sometimes it's hard. But sooner or later, every man shows himself. Oh, I'm sure they do. But you needed something more than a man. That's why you let Stark take the scepter. I didn't expect. But I saw Stark's fear. I knew it would control him, make him self-destruct. Everyone creates the thing they dread. Men of peace create engines of war. Invaders create Avengers. People create... Smaller people? Uh, children. I lost the word there. Children. Designed to supplant them. To help them... end. Is that why you've come? To end the Avengers? I've come to save the world. But also, yeah. Oh, yeah, he goes back to Savonia or wherever they are, and the enhanced people... Now, there's a confusion for me. How did the advanced people know to go to that church in the middle of town? Did he contact them? Did they contact him? Did they just assume? Did they know? Was it because of her vision? That's remember that, remember something that, that got lost that, on me. That she's the one that kind of put this idea in... Iron Man to actually do something like this and it's insinuated somewhere later on in the movie that that this isn't all that he that he's going to create like when she turns good when Scarlet Witch mm -hmm. turns good toward the end she makes a comment like oh no this isn't it like Iron Man's going to do something more even beyond this I forget what I forget where that comment's at so what she learned from from his vision from Iron Man's vision was that this that she could she let him take the staff 
because she knew that he would do something that was self-destructive and would destroy the Avengers. Right. What she didn't know is that this thing would go... She didn't know that it was going to be Ultron. She didn't know that it was going to be this this whatever it was involved in it. She just knew that the staff was going to lead Tony on a path of destruction. Right. Um, so somehow, and she can't read Ultron when he's in his little metallic form either. So I'm trying to understand how they knew to meet up at the church because she, Ultron already existed. It was something that, that Banner and um, Stark were, were working on but couldn't get to work. They needed the AI um, substructure to and that's what this that's what the little hoo-ha inside the um, that's what the Mind Stone provided them. Well, now isn't the uh, isn't a isn't the the place where the staff was originally that little town where we you know where Avengers opens isn't that kind of where the church is at too? Or am I missing? Or am I wrong about that? Oh, is that the same place? I think it's yes, supposed to be. It's it supposed is. to be the same place. So that's <gasps> so so they're there already. It's not like they. They're in the area at least. You know why they're at the church at that moment? I don't know, but they're at least in the area, so that didn't seem odd to me. Yeah. So oh. what what I was referring to was when uh, Ultron sent the twins to Wakanda to get the vibranium. Well, he went. He didn't send them. He went with them. They were all. It was a big giant field trip for all three of them. Right. Don't compare me. With Stark, he's a sickness. Ah, Junior. You're gonna break your old man's heart. If I have to. I would have to break anything. Clearly you've never made an omelet. You beat me by one second. Ah, this is funny, Mr. Stark. It's what, comfortable? Like old times? This was never my life. You two can still walk away from this. No, we will. If you believe in peace, then let us keep it. I think you're confusing peace with quiet. Yeah, huh? What's the vibranium for? I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to take this time to explain my evil plan. Well, we didn't we didn't find that out right away, though. Right, correct. Because uh, the the smuggler said, well, or the the bad guy said, well, I'd only talk to the boss. Only talk to the boss, and you don't look like the boss. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Circus! Ah, he's delicious. He's just amazing. Yeah, to, that 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 you know the boat scene is just an incredibly played out. Mm. You know, just the uh, Scarlet Witch putting visions in everyone. You're being thrown into, you know, Asgard, and you're being thrown into the forties, and you're being thrown into, you know, whatever. It's just one vision after another. Yeah. She tapped into something dark into each of them. I mean, uh, again, I don't think she planted those. I think she just she knew where to hit in their brain in order to trigger a fear or a wish or a or a nightmare. And yeah. she she with with Cappy to give him a happy ending. That is his. That's his deepest sadness because everything's gone. Right. We know we are we are missing a part because I think before here isn't isn't there a scene before here where we go to like Hawkeye's little escape? That's after. Is that after? Because I mean That's the Hawks the, the but well but Banner so, but Banner is with them the first time yeah. they go there right and so after but so after the boat doesn't he like go on his rampage? 
Am I so wrong about that? After the boat, he's still on the Quinjet, and um, they're all fighting. Hawkeye gives Iron Man the the heads up that you know they're all trying to figure out what's going on, and then you see the twins because Hawkeye had stabbed that electrostatic thing into um, Elizabeth Olsen's forehead, and they took off running, and Quicksilver said, you know, are you okay? We have to go back. And she said, no, I want the big one. And they get Banner. She does something to Banner, and that's when Iron Man figures out, oh, my God, you know, uh, Hulk is unleashed, and I need some backup. And Hawkeye says, there's no backup. Everyone's down because of Scarlet Witch. And so that's when the rampage happens, and that's when they drop Veronica, which is I need to do some research on that and figure out what is that what that stands for, and builds that cage around him while the the Hulk Buster gets built around Iron Man, and there's that huge huge fight that is unbelievable. And I think epic. Oh yeah, there's and you know what Tony Stark got some of the best lines because we go back to the beginning, and he's in uh, Stroker's office. And he goes, Jay, do a scan of the room. Then, you know, I detect some steel and, you know, a draft. And Tony Stark goes up, please be a secret door, please be a secret door. And when it opens, he goes, wee. <laughs> Amazing. And then I think the same thing when he's, like, Hulk busting. When he's da- he's got the Hulk down on the ground and he's got his fist and he's beating him. He's just, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. All right, everybody, stand down. You listen to me? That little witch is messing with your mind. You're stronger than her. You're smarter than her. You're Bruce Banner. Right? Don't mention puny Banner. And then yeah. there's another moment where he he hit him so hard and Hulk just kind of pauses and spits out a tooth and all you see is Tony Stark's face and sorry and then it just keeps going. He's yeah. got the best little one-liners and all of that. When and Hulk's, so that oh sorry. When Hulk spits out that tooth, you just kind of go, oh crap. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's pissed now. Yeah. I mean if. I'm, I really hope that Iron Man had built in some sort of, like, human waste ejection system because I would have number one myself if I had been standing there. <laughs> That's awful. And it's after that that, you know, and he finally knocks out Banner. They're in the Quinjet. Hawkeye's flying. And that's when he says we're going to the safe house. And that's when we see Banner, like, completely. He's got the blanket. And he can't wrap it around it 
around himself tight enough and he's just trying to make himself small and hide and 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 he's aware of what he's done and he's ashamed and he's pained and he, it was his worst nightmare come true and they're all recovering from these horrible things and that's where we get the Natasha flashback a little bit a whole lot more about her story yeah right I'm sorry it's super fresh in my brain because I just saw it all <laughs> no no it's fine it's fine hours ago. yeah yeah. And this is, and, and you're saying it's after that when we go to the Hawkeye yes, little because that's escape pad. When Colby tells them, look, you know, the media is loving the Hulk, but nobody else is. Right. Um, so, oh, the media is loving you guys, but no one else is. You guys need to lay low, keep the, the jet in stealth. Tony walks up to Hawkeye and goes, you want me to take over? He's like, no, I got this. If you want to get some kip time, that's fine. Tony's like, where are we going? And Hawkeye's like, the safe house. And then we get this whole new chapter, this whole secret thing that I just want to hug. It's wonderful. Hawkeye is absolutely wonderful in this movie. He brings a sense of humanity to the Avengers that you don't that you don't really see because they're all kind of, in a sense, signal sing, signal and uh, single and rogue, I guess, a little bit. But here he has his family with kids walking around and. In a lot of ways, Hawkeye is almost the most human of the Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I, if I liked... with Aunt Nat. <laughs> yeah. Did you bring Aunt Nat? Well, why don't you hug her and find out? Yay! Yeah. And that, <laughs> that little moment where she goes to hug it to Laura to hug Laura and says, "How's little Natalia?" And she goes, "Well." More of a little Nathan, and she just leans down and goes, "Traitor!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that whole thing was a complete surprise. It was oh, a surprise, it was... but it was wonderful. Fantastic! Oh, yeah. It was well, very humanizing. Yeah, I love the way she, uh, Hawkeye's wife, comes out and tell, asks him to go fix the tractor to get him to go to the barn. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was really. That was very, very, very smooth. And that little tête-à-tête between Cappy and um, and Stark while they were chopping the wood, and then you see Cappy lose his temper and just grabs a piece of wood and splits it with his hand. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's pissed off Cappy. He should not don't, don't take from my pile. Yeah, don't take from my pile. <laughs> you know, Hawkeye in this... You know, you think about, like, the first Avengers movie, it was Captain America that was kind of holding the Avengers together. But in a lot of ways, this scene, and there was a conversation he has with his wife that I think really made me really mm -hmm. think about it, that oh, yeah. Hawkeye, in a sense, is the one that's kind of holding the Avengers together in this movie. Not that Captain America is still not leading him, but as far as a, kind of the glue that's keeping them grounded, it seems to be Hawkeye in this one. And he's mm -hmm. protective of himself. He is the only one that Scarlet Witch does not get her mitts on. In fact, he kind of gets his mitts on her. To that's what get, gives him a chance to uh, uh, make the escape. Uh, and we'll also in the film, he's the one that kind of reaches out to uh, Scarlet Witch to, you know. He has he has that paternal moment with her. Hey, hey, you okay? Hey, look at me. It's your fault. It's everyone's fault. Who cares? Are you up for this? Are you? Look, I just need to know because the city is, is flying. Okay, look, the city is flying. We're fighting an army of robots. And I have a bow and arrow. None of this makes sense. But I'm going back out there because it's my job. 
Okay, and I can't do my job and babysit. Doesn't matter what you did or what you were. If you go out there, you fight, and you fight to kill. Stay in here, you're good. I'll send your brother to come find you, but if you step out that door, you are an Avenger. Yeah. Right. Right. No. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's a great, a great scene. And this, of course, yeah. leads up, does this lead up to the... Uh, Final scene, or where are we at? What where, where are we at? Well, meanwhile, in South Korea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ultron goes to find um, the doctor who had cured or had stitched back the uh, Hawkeye back together at yeah, the Dr. Uh, Cho, Dr. Cho um, at the Avengers platform. Um, by the way, Jim, I love that whole meanwhile. That was perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, meanwhile. <laughs> Ultron uses the staff to kind of take her brain over the way Loki did with Hawkeye and uh, works with her to use the, I keep wanting to call it unobtainium, but it's the... Vibranium. Vibranium, thank you. What is the <laughs> stuff that's inside Wolverine? What's it? Adamantium. Uh, yeah. Oh. That was sh- yeah. That's the other one I confuse it with, too. So the... <laughs> shoot, I want to say unobtainium again. Um okay. The vibranium. vibranium takes that to her, and then you know how it kind of unlocks your brain to do evil deeds. And she figures out how to bond the 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 metal to the natural tissue and to create this body because for Ultron, he wants to he wants to evolve, and that's yeah, right. the thing. Like he He's wants to upload himself. Right. He's and so if we go back to the beginning and. There's, there's, we gotta protect the Earth. We have to make the Earth good and whole again. And Ultron, having all this information, has realized, you know what? There's only way to do it is to scorch the Earth. The only way to do it is to start again, to evolve. You know, we need. There needs to be an extinction to start again. And and yeah. this is now the extinction of the metal body that is his idea of perfection. He's going to evolve and become this new beautiful to his mind thing. Well, see, any, I, any, go ahead. That was a plot point that, that I wondered about. Um, see, Stark created Ultron in this movie as a global defense thing. And then when the other side of that came in, the global defense for Ultron was to kill off all of humanity because humanity is corrupt and, and they're going to mess up anyway. Mm. Right. So to me, that that's kind of the crux of the, of the thing with Ultron is uh, he was going to do the wrong thing for the right reasons. Right. Well, and I think this is the thing that ultimately he kind of shows his hand a little bit too quickly in that lab and suddenly um, who's there Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are there and over here or figure or find out what he's really planning yes oh, when yeah. he starts Wanda. uploading it's, and then it's... and then all hell breaks loose yeah he's... Wanda can read him yes so the he starts downloading in and she's oh I can I can feel you now I can read and she gets the flash and figures out that holy crap she didn't realize that this would go completely, you know, not so. It's crazy. Yeah. And that's when we have the huge, uh, let's carry Vision's body around Korea and drive it through a 
tractor trailer that they lift off the ground and everything else, that huge fight scene. <laughs> Four, three. Kim Hell. You know what's in that cradle? The power to make real change, and that terrifies you. I wouldn't call it a comfort. always picking up after you boys we're heading under the overpass i've got no shot which way hard right now That was really cool. That was, was really, really okay. So he's got to get it away. He steals a giant tractor trailer. He's got his guards trying to to get. You know, he needs the time to completely download. And so that was his. I I thought it was great. I thought it was an ingenious way to get him out and about. And poor Korea. I that just feels. I feel so bad. They just got a lot of crap kicked out of him. <laughs> yeah. At least it's. Poor New York is safe in this movie, sort of. Well, so, and I think maybe this is a part, like, so once they leave Korea, they get Vision's body back to the Stark lab, right? And you think that Stark would have learned his lesson. But oh no. Yeah. But oh no, they said, we're going to bring him, we're going to, we're going to bring him to life. And he can stop Ultron, right? So one thing that we do have to bring up though is while that's going on, when they find um, they find they figure out where he is, they figure out he's going to Dr. Cho's office or facility. Uh, Stark goes to I guess he called it the Nexus, kind of the giant Uber hub of internets, and he starts digging around, figuring out because something is there's something going on in the background that's actually protecting that's helping them because the, there's the comment about you know well has he gone after the launch codes and Colby said points out look he is going after them but something keeps changing all the codes as faster than he can get to them there's something out there so Stark goes digging around and you know tells them look whatever you find we'll meet back at Stark Tower and we find out once the, the Vision's body, and we don't know it's Vision yet, once the body makes it there to him, it's Banner and him and and, and Stark, and Stark's like, well, guess guess what I found? Jarvis! It was Jarvis, Jarvis the whole time right. who had protected himself um, by breaking himself into wee tiny bits and going off, and that they figured out that Ultron didn't, didn't try and destroy Jarvis out of power hungry. He did it out of fear because he knew Jarvis could could overtake him or could cause problems. So Jarvis just hid in the background. And it was while they were waiting for all of this to happen that the the bright idea of, you know what, I'm going to put Jarvis in this thing. We know what Jarvis can do. He's already been doing it with us. I I feel like we can do this. And then in the meantime, Thor goes to find, you know, our favorite drunk astronomer. Um, (laughs) And, you know, he's like, dude, I need to do this thing, this vision questy thing to figure out my crazy dream. You need to come and help me. So they figure out his super cray-cray dream, and then that's when the team, Avengers, come back together 
and you get more poop hitting the fan. Yeah, oh, they, tons of crap. They have a, yeah, and they have a heck of an argument because Banner says, tells uh, Stark, you're doing the same thing again. What is wrong <laughs> with you? You know, and then Thor settles the argument real fast. He just comes in and throws lightning around and wakes <laughs> wakes Jarvis up. Right. Well, so he had the thought because he had the vi- he got the vision about the about the Mind Stone and figured out what it was. And you right. you know you saw his vision where you saw the Tesseract and then the the red thing that that was all over Thor's girlfriend in that Thor movie that wasn't so great. And then the thing that um, the Guardians of the Galaxy, all of that kind of stuff, kind of lined up and set us up for the next Avengers movie, which totally made me nerd out. Um, yep. So he knew that there was that that there was something good coming of it, but he didn't know what it was. It was because of his vision. So when they're having the big fight and they take away the power, and then down comes Thor with the power of his lightning and thing and meow meow, um, gives it that <laughs> final burst. And I think it's because of you know his kind of celestial power and the Mind Stone being celestial. I think that's what really I think that's the jolt. That's the defibrillator that 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 brings vision to, to light and life. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, Paul Bentley, the guy that plays Vision, incredible. Oh, loved did him. an incredible job. You know, I, I remember I've seen him in some really sinister movies. And he's, he just does he just he's delightful to watch. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He's he's just so funny. He's very, very funny. He's very, very he's he's a classically trained actor. If I understand, if I remember correctly, I I think he's there's 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 there are no words. Paul uh, Bettany is 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 just brilliant and terribly terribly talented. Yeah, he, he, I wasn't expecting that either. I was not expecting. I didn't know about Vision, and I certainly didn't know that they were going to put poor Paul Bettany in that you know in a skin suit. I'm curious <laughs> now, like what he thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, he apparently is also going to be in uh, Captain America: Civil War, so you'll see him again. Nice. So that's at least, of course, IMDb what they're saying. But I remember seeing him. I saw him in Priest. I, um, he, of course, I guess he is the voice. He's been the voice of Jarvis. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so oh yeah, the whole in, time. The whole time he's been the voice of Jarvis. So. He was in A Knight's Tale, and that was adorable. He was in. Oh, Knight's Tale is funny. Funny. He plays Joffrey, Jeffrey Chaucer. I mean, come yeah. on. And then he's, he, 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 then he's like, he's like, um, he's like in Beautiful Mind. He was like the crazy delusion. Yes. Yeah. So. And he was in the Da Vinci Code. Oh yeah, the guy that kept you know doing his back thing that he was doing. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, wow, he's done, he's done, he's quite a prolific actor. He's done a ton. But anyways, I lo- I loved Vision. I love his kind of calmness, his self-realization. Um, and of course, as we talked about before, the whole Thor thing, like, here, don't forget your hammer. You're going to need this. You know, mm-hmm. it's just great. And then watching him fight uh, with the Avengers later on, incredible. Yeah. It took Vision. a minute for me to buy into it, though. Like, uh what is this? Who is this dude? What's going on? I didn't know that much about the character at all. So when it, he came up, I was like, is this just some deus ex machina to kind of make everything awesome? And then I did my research and realized he was he's, he's much, much deeper 
and I couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah, Vision was when when I was reading comic books in uh, grade school and junior high. Vision was was with the Avengers then, and uh, he was one of my absolute favorite characters. So I really I had a geek moment when they brought Vision out. It was I hard to describe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was it was it was it was definitely a cool addition. So does this bring us up then to like the close to the final scenes here, like the, that final battle and the final match with Ultron? Is that kind of where we're at? Yes. We're getting to the point where Ultron raises up that little portion of the city, and yes. basically he's going to use that as a little portion. Yeah, huge uh, portion. I'm sarcasm, folks. Yes. Um, <laughs> but you, you use it as a tiny portion. But basically, uh, it's his makeshift uh, nuclear bomb. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! Even Vision. I'm sorry. I have to go back. Vision got a snarky comment too. He got a smart-ass remark. There was a point where I think it's Cappy Stark and someone else are discussing something. Um, and he says, "No, I have." To, and Stark says, "I have to go after Vision. I'm the one he hates." And behind them, walking past them, is Vision going, "Oh yes, you're the one he hates most of all." And he just and on screen, off screen, seconds. And so he even got a snarky, funny remark. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. I forgot that. So Ultron is going to create an uh, extinction extinction level event Ugh. using a chunk of the city as a meteor. Right. Which is and pretty so you, cool. That's <laughs> a that's an amazing amazing idea. Yeah. And uh, it was well done. You see it lifting up, and you know. Then, of course, the Avengers are in there trying to rescue everyone while fighting these evil bots that are all kind of part of Ultron. Yeah. And um, as Banner rising rescues up, Natasha. And... Yeah. Yeah, and then you have then we have the helicarrier making an appearance. Um, oh, yeah. How great was that? Yeah, Dude, it was. That was how cool. awesome! <laughs> so, yeah, we just knocked off the mothballs. She's a little dusty, but she works. Yeah, yeah. And then, then yep. War Machine shows up. This this film awesome. we got to see a lot of good cameo appearances from people from the other Marvel movies. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see. Da- Don Cheadle's character just wanted another story to tell. <laughs> <laughs> That's if you survive. Yeah. I was I was so happy that he was back to being War Machine instead mm. of Iron Patriot. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Such a stupid name. <laughs> <laughs> oh. There there is 
there is a precedent for the Iron Patriot thing in the comic books. I'm not sure exactly what it was. It was explained to me a while back. But, you know, War Machine is cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. You know, the entire... I'm trying to think. There's so many There's so many things that happened in those scenes. Of course, there's, there's Hawkeye kind of rescuing the boy and then Quicksilver kind of taking a hit for it. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was, I, I, that. I, I did not want to see Quicksilver die. You know what? That didn't bother me because as far as uh, Petro was concerned, I really didn't have anything invested in him. No, I guess you see, and it gets what is it? When that happens, it cuts loose his twin sister, and she goes absolutely batshit crazy. Yep, on Ultron. Yeah, so, yeah. There's they. I mean, my twin nephews seemed to when they were babies always seemed to know when one of them was if they were in separate rooms and one was sad, the other one would cry. So yeah. there's that bond between twins and fraternal or or doesn't really matter. There's just that bond, and because they were enhanced. I'm sure that bond was much more enhanced, and because of what her her enhancement was, that was even deeper. So when she felt his life force go away, that's yeah. exactly the reaction I would have. I would fall to my knees, and I would scream, and I'm sure I would let out an EMP just out of grief and sadness. That was a crazy cool scene. I'll tell uh, you what. I cried. I'm not gonna. I. It, it was yeah. just. Was hard. She Elizabeth Olsen did, and um, she is so much better an actress than her sister. <laughs> <laughs> There's only sure. so. I mean, they have like a they're bazillionaires from all their little kid videos, but this girl in the two films I've seen her in, she has just delivered, absolutely delivered. And funny enough, the other film I saw her in was Godzilla with the same actor who plays Quicksilver, and they're a married couple. That's right. Oh, wow. wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Anyway, yeah. so yes, yeah, so that's the point where where she goes to to she Quicksilver dot that moment is amazing. And you can see when Hawkeye realizes she hears the woman and the kid is over there and he he just kind of looks down at his feet and he knows what he needs to do. He would rather be safe on the ship, but he knows what he needs to do, and he goes and he does it. It's yeah. that. It's the fireman look. It's the policeman look. It's the oh, yeah. military. It is anybody who goes running to into the the danger instead of away from it. It's that look of this is what I have to do because this is the right thing to do. Yeah, he's the ultimate superhero at that. Yeah. Point. Oh yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so, so we have this all play out. They what? They destroy the island or destroy the? Well, we still get the uh, the iconic scene we saw in the first movie, where you you have all the Avengers kind of in this circle fighting, fighting. off um, the Shatari. But that now it's Ultron's robots. You see each one, it, and somehow Joss Whedon somehow some people may say is contrived. I choose to believe it's organic. Somehow they're 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 all three in the center and they're all fighting all the robots and it just looks all badass and cool. It does. Well, they it's, said the only way they were going to defeat the enemy was to do it together. Together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and then, that was the best battle scene I have ever seen in a movie. It I, was it was pretty awesome. It I was agree. Incredibly well done. Incredibly well. I can only imagine that the CGI dudes must when they were done they must have slept for like six weeks. <laughs> 
straight. Yeah. <laughs> and guys, it's better the second time around. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I paid. <laughs> I was. I was much more focused on looking for people and watching their actions instead of just kind of absorbing the whole magnificent vista. And it was intense. Exactly. And then, it's, and then of course, it's it's at the very very end. It's Thor and. Um, and Iron Man, and they make they finally make it blow up, and then um, everybody just m very magically gets onto the helicarrier. Which, going back a second, how how what a quinky dink that they just happen to have like a bazillion lifeboats with chairs on them and stuff. Just kind of hey, we might need this. Why don't we just you know how? Oh come on, it's Nick Fury. It's movie convenience. Please. I don't know. I don't know why. That that, that irritated me. Like, oh, they just magically happen to have all these lifeboats just rig. Whatever. Well, they are. Well, they are a helicarrier, right? And you know, if you think about like like the aircraft carriers, they have, they have a fair amount of lifeboats on them. It's not unrealistic to think they would have. Air they would have. Flying, they wouldn't have flying um, lifeboats on them. Come on, I, know, I, I don't think I don't think you're giving this enough credit. All right, gosh. <laughs> well, if you if you think about the science behind it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, then, so how, how did how did how did how did a hawk get on his own ship and fly away? Yes, he Hulk? got on, he got on the plane. He he ended up on so, the plane. Yeah. Oh, Ultron. He, Ended up on a on a Quinjet, flying around like, and Hulk spotted him. So Hulk jumped to bring um, Scarlet, to, or to bring Widow to safety, and then goes off, goes jumping, and jumps onto the Quinjet that 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 uh, he's on, and then throws him out. And there's this snarky little con. All you see is the back end of the Quin. You're in the Quinjet. You see the back end open, and you hear James Spader go, "Just oh seriously!" And then he goes flying out the back. Yeah. <laughs> and then Hulk keeps stays in the Quinjet and uses it to go and disappear. Right, and that's the end of the Hulk in this movie. But it's not the end of Ultron. We get one more scene with Ultron and Vision, right? Oh, and it's beautiful. It's really, really, really beautiful. I and I'm, I just pulled up the dial. I just found the dialogue, and it's 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 just it's really great. It's the little back and forth. Go ahead. And can you read it to us, Em? So Ultron says, Stark asked for a savior and settled for a slave. Well, I suppose we're both disappointments. <laughs> I suppose we are. Humans are odd. I think order and chaos are somehow opposites and try to control what won't be. But there is grace in their failings. I think you've missed that. They're doomed! Yes, but a thing... Is, isn't it beautiful because it lasts? It is a privilege to be among them. You are unbelievably naive. Well, I was born yesterday. <laughs> and then, boom! Yeah. Oh, that is a good scene. That it's... is a... Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, again, it's so fresh in my brain. I can go on and on and That is awesome. And then you get the, uh, what, we end up at the training facility, and I guess Hawkeye is back with his fam. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they go to the to the new Avengers facility, and the new, and there's, they, everybody, there's all the summing up, and I love that Hawkeye 
gets to just disappears back to his family and his kids. And I loved um, his son was reading the book that my nephews devour. The one about there's it's about a boy in school, and they made a couple movies, and there's a whole series of them. Um, Diary of a uh, Wimpy Kid is that? Yes, it? he's reading a Diary of a Wimpy Kid. <laughs> <laughs> he's reading the book with the green cover. I can't remember which one that is, but that just was a joyful little little thing that I spotted in the movie, and I thought, what a great teeny tiny detail. And then you know, the everybody goes to New York, and then there's the little FaceTime with the new baby, and you get a little bit of closure, and you get a little, still a little bit of snark, like when Thor leaves, and I think the comment is that man has no regard for lawn care. <laughs> Stark yep. drives off into the sunset. Yep. Yep. That's that's beautiful. Um, it is. It's just good. And it, so so that brings us up to the end of the movie, except we have this little thing sort of halfway through the credits. Right. Um, Thanos. Yeah. The, I guess I got to do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, I mean... So he puts on the Infinity Gauntlet, and he's going to go after the stones. Right. right. Oh, yeah. Leads, and that leads us up to the next two movies. Yep. So, so, so looking back in this movie, so we've dissected it for about an hour here, kind of torn it apart, uh, and talked about the things we liked and the things that struck us. Was we, we mentioned a few things. I know, M, you mentioned a few things that kind of bothered you. Was there anything else that, as far as performances or the way things kind of played out, the... Yeah, they, they were okay, but they weren't your favorite points. Um, let me ruminate on that. I looked, I, I've talked like 90% of this podcast. <laughs> Let's talk to Miles and Jim. I think they, right. I, they won't be Jim, as... Jim, Miles? I'm going to have a hard time finding anything I didn't like in this movie. Um, I, I was able to shut my brain off. Like the, like the thing that Ann mentioned that bothered her, I doesn't bother me at all i mean um we're, we're yeah so I'm, I'm gonna be i'm gonna be rating this movie very highly it's I, I i can't find i can't really find that much to pick it apart if you start picking it apart then why bother watching this movie jim how about you yeah i i agree mostly with miles it, the only the only thing that that bothered me and it's just very very small nitpicky thing is the battle scenes go by so darn fast right? that you almost have to go and see it a second time, maybe even a third time, to catch everything. And then buy the Blu-ray so you can watch it again and slow it down if you need to. Uh, right. Mine is pre-ordered. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, there is this Stan Lee appearance that we didn't mention. Oh, oh. best Stan Lee appearance ever. With the whole, <laughs> so, you know, this, this is the drink of only men from this, and it was made from the oak barrels. Oh, so was Omaha Beach. Just hand it over. Yeah. That <laughs> was perfect. And then he's then dragging him out. <laughs> Her best cameo of his to date. To yeah, date. Yeah. It was it a was good a cameo. Good. It was. It was. I, I, and on that too, I, I really liked Thor's arrogance. Yeah, 
and, and it, but it wasn't negative. And it even came out in another scene when he was having his vision, you know, and he says, Oh, Wanda, you're not going to affect me. Fortunately, I am mighty. And the next thing you know, boom, he's, he's on <laughs> Asgard. <laughs> right. No, there's no doubt. Yeah, and they, they, beautifully done I, overall. I don't have any complaints about this movie, really. I I did think I found this interesting thing. I know, Em, you had that article that we... Do you have time to talk about that yet? Em? You completely broke up there. I didn't oh, hear I'm sorry. anything. So you, you had that article of that kind of said that this is like the crappiest oh. movie ever. Before we well, get to... Uh, you be, be, always put words into my I, mouth. I, I, I always misquote you. It's great. But I, before, before if by we get great, the, you mean crap, then sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but uh, I did want to read this. I thought that this was kind of interesting. And it's a break. I saw a breakdown as to how much screen time each of the Avengers actually had in Age of Ultron. Okay. And uh, so I'll just read down through these. Vision had, of course, no surprise, about nine minutes of screen time. You know, so pretty small. Thor only had 14 minutes. Hmm. Uh, Hawkeye had 20. Scarlet Witch had 21. The Hulk, 24 minutes. Quicksilver, 27 minutes. Black Widow had 33 minutes. Iron Man had 45 minutes. And then Captain America had the most with 50 minutes. Interesting. So it's just kind of interesting that... Because you don't think of that when you're in the midst of the movie about, you know, who's on screen or not. But someone took the time and watched it enough to actually calculate it. So. Huh. But. Uh, so, um, I'm sorry for misquoting so, you. Can you tell us exactly what your article is about? So, the article is titled, Avengers Age of Ultron, Ultron joins the $100 million, loser, $100 million Losers Club. And it <laughs> by no means is a... Is it's it's not an article about how crappy it was. It was a, an article about how it's it it's it's a it's a film that's part of an amazing franchise that didn't live up to the first film completely. There was it's it's not better than the first Avengers, but it's still a good strong movie, and it was going to make a ton of money. Like as he put the the and I'll give you the link so you we can share this with everybody. Although the contributor, Scott Mendelson's picture looks really creepy. He might need to change his headshot. Um, he, as he puts it, this club contained like zero members till like five and a half years ago. And we didn't have a lot of movies that were making $100 million debuts until like Spider-Man broke and some of those. Um, and since then, there have been 31 really big opening films that really weren't 100% you know, just for 100%, like the Twilight Saga New Moon, the first Twilight movie was amazing, cleared a ton of money, but as the saga continued, as those movies continued, they were losing something in the story, and yet still made billion, millions and billions, you know, tons of money. Um, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two, not as good as the first one, totally lacking from the book, Still made a whole ton of money. Um, second, uh, let's see, like the second Captain America movie, same thing. It's 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 not clearing what what the franchise should be clearing based on other openings. So it's it's a neat perspective of how to see um, this movie. And it's funny he actually puts Mockingjay Part Two in this list, which I. 
I haven't finished reading Mockingjay, so I don't know how much of the book has been split up. I don't know. Um, I'm just at the beginning. So I, I, I don't understand that because I found the first movie to be really good and left me hanging for more. Um, but I could see where he can he can say that to Avengers. You know, it's 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 had a great a great beginning, and he even says congratulations to Avengers: Age of Ultron, which has had the second biggest opening weekend, the second biggest second weekend, and the second biggest loss between the first and second weekends to its credit. So that's another thing too, like the the delta between your first opening weekend and second opening weekend. There is a huge drop. A huge drop. There was, I, I, it, there's just, there's something in the formula that's missing to continue on, uh, on, 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 on the level that the first Avengers movie kind of laid out for itself. And same with like the Harry Potters, and same with um, the the Superman movies that are coming. There was, there was such a good precedence, and then it just kind of peters off. So I'm hoping that this is just. Like there's, this is just a sine wave that we're gonna pick back up again. Hmm. hmm the boys say. Mm-hmm. Well, I yeah. I just think that Marvel is is putting out hit after hit after hit, great movie every time. Um, I I just for entertainment value, if nothing else. Okay, because we, we're gonna have to talk about the second Thor movie. Is this, is this, uh, <laughs> I guess the question is, so there, he's talking about that there's a drop-off. If, if we compare this movie to the first Avengers movie, is there something that is different or missing from Age of Ultron that the first Avengers had, or are we putting this on par with the first Avengers? Well, you can't. Avengers is, is an origin story. You, you it's, it's the beginning of something, and the beginning is always intriguing, and the beginning is always enticing, and everybody wants to know where everything comes from. We start Ultron, they're, you know, it's kind of like a cold open. They're already friends. We should already know who they are, and you just keep going into the story. So there isn't that, the anticipation level gets really high, but it's it's just not translating to what I think the fans were expecting, but I, then I don't really understand what the fans are expecting. I personally found it to be as entertaining, actually even better paced than the first movie. Absolutely. The I would agree that it's better super. paced. I didn't look at my watch a single time mm-hmm. during my two viewings, and I saw Avengers four times in the theater, and I do remember looking at my watch the fourth time I was... Two hours and 20 minutes went by like nothing. Yeah. I know that about a half hour before the film was over, I really had to go to the bathroom, but I held it. I wasn't going to miss anything. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. Poor Miles. Yeah, if you go to see Age of Ultron, get the small soda. <laughs> <laughs> Miles, I'm going to tell you the truth. Uh, we, there's about 30 minutes left into the movie, and the theater now has those wonderful Coke machines so that you can get any flavor you want. And I was like, yay, Diet Cherry Vanilla Coke. And a thirty I had 30 minutes left to the movie, and I desperately needed to powder my nose. I hate it when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me too. 
Uh, is there anything else? Uh, any uh, thing we need to comment on regarding the effects or the music? Or are we uh, we're pretty good here? Well, the music was super. Mm. It it fit. Uh, the what what can you say about the special effects or the visual effects? I guess you know, awesome, all the way through. There's one thing I want to say about this movie that surprised me. Um, if you've ever read my blog or talked to me about Iron Man in the past, you know I was not a big fan of Robert Downey Jr. Uh, I actually liked him in this movie. Because yeah. he was way more human. He was... It just wasn't a two-hour stand-up comedy act like, you know, like it has been in, in other Iron Man films and things. Um, I, I just like this Tony Stark in this particular film way better than any of the others I've seen. Okay. It, what do you think made him more human in this one for you than in the other films? Uh, well, he was flawed. Oh yeah, uh, I mean he's a yeah he's catalyst for Ultron, right? Yeah, and 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 he knows it, and he didn't just try to laugh it off or joke it off or anything. He knew he had to face this and and correct his mistake. Hmm. I guess he does have flaws in the others, but they're more like his arrogance and other stuff that we see that he doesn't necessarily realize. Well, his yeah. arrogance brings about Ultron, and I think if we go back to all of his movies you you like in the third movie which was okay um, you you know you create the devil that that seeks you out and he created that dude who created aim and all of there was there was and I think a lot of it kind of came together what he went through in the first two movies to, you know figuring out okay his father screwed some dude over and now that dude's gonna come kill him um, he was incredibly arrogant and built the perfect place for someone to put a giant ancient cube on to open up a portal to destroy the planet he almost dies doing that then he comes back remember you know and, and he's dealing with the PTSD of that and then realizes that this other pile of, of Mishigas and horror is being belated on humanity, and that's because of another dude he created by being unkind to some guy, by being his arrogant self. And yet again, here we have Tony Stark being an arrogant SOB, thinking he can fix it. He's smarter than everyone. And boom, Ultron. Yeah, and this I, time, though, he faces it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. you know, I agree that, with that. I that, think he fixes it much better. That third Iron Man movie... I swore after I watched that I would never see another one. So he redeemed himself in this one. In Someone. this one, to and to me, I as I said, I like this Tony Stark in this picture. Mm. He's mellower, I, and there's a little bit more humble to him. Not a lot, yeah. but it's not. Uh, every, every line was not some wisecrack. Yeah. And in the end, when it's him and Banner and he wants to put Jarvis in the body, it's not him, it's not his arrogance, it's his, his absolute will to want to make things right. It's right. it's not, I'm, you're going to, he's not convincing Banner to help him put Jarvis in the body. He's no, he's, no, I want to help you 
put Banner in the body. You are you can help me do this. You can help me fix this. You can help me make this right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very good. I don't think we have much more to say about the movie. We've done a pretty good job of dissecting and analyzing <laughs> and tearing this uh, movie apart. Oh, real quickly, let's go around and let's let's rate this out of five, like in the the breadth of Avengers movies or maybe movies in general, superhero movies in general. Where do you kind of rank this out of a, let's say, a five-star rating? Uh, Miles, you want to go ahead first? Sure. Um I'm going to go ahead and give it five stars. Um, I, I'm not well versed in the comics, so I don't know how. I know some of the backlash is that it's not as pure to the comics. So, with, with that, not having that information, um, I, I was able to go along with the ride. And uh, I was thoroughly entertained. Uh, I got to see a good, good story of. The, you know the team, the band coming back, the band getting their asses kicked, the band licking their wounds and coming back and uh, facing this thing, um, and we got to see some great cameos from other heroes in the in the Marvel universe make mm-hmm. appearances, and um, um, so I will definitely see this movie before it leaves theaters, and um, you know, eventually when it comes out on Blu-ray, I'll watch it again too because there's there's stuff I I'm sure I missed and I and I and I need to see it again. So absolutely five stars, easy. Yeah, Jim, how about you? I'm I'm with Miles. Uh, you know, he echoed everything I had in my mind. Great movie. It's very well paced, uh, very well balanced, extremely well acted and directed. Uh, I can't find anything wrong with it. Five stars here. Em, how about you? I am going to give it four stars out of five. Um, it was, of the universe that we've seen, the Marvel Universe, it is one of the better ones. And it tells a story I've been craving, something different. It surprised me. There were some issues that I had. There were a couple little things that bugged me, but I, I it, it did, and it's not just because I have double X chromosomes. It does annoy me how little credence the 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 female characters are given and then the the antiquated tropes that are used to tell a backstory about a tortured woman there's i don't i i i am hoping that you know whatever happened between Whedon and Marvel and that Whedon's taking a step back now and there are other people involved that those new fresh minds while Whedon finally gets a nap um, will take that into account as they put the rest of these movies together I'm especially concerned for um, Captain Marvel since it will be the female Captain Marvel as I understand it she was always Captain Marvel was, was primarily was originally a woman maybe I have to go back and look someone please tell me the right story um, and I, I, I don't like the damsel in distress crap, but they handled the romancy kind of stuff very elegantly. So to me, it's 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 a four star. There's a couple of places where they really could have given the given the gals a little bit more strength. They did a good job. It was better than some of the other movies that have been out there. But I I think I think whoever's writing um, uh, Agent Carter. 
needs to be involved in in how the women are written in the next movies, in the next couple of dozen movies that are to come. Yeah, I think for me, it it doesn't rank a five. Uh, if, if we were allowed to do half, so I might give it a, like a 4.5 or something. If we're only doing holes, I'm going to have to give it like a four. It's just... It's, it, it's, it's our a, show. It's, we can totally give it a half if we want all to. All right, I'm going to give it a half. <laughs> so, so four and a half, right? So four and a half. I... I like this movie a lot. It's 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 rare I go to see movies in the theater right now, and so I went to see it in the theaters, and it was very entertaining. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It is not if I'm ranking this against other movies I have seen, it is not necessarily the best movie I've seen in a long, long time. It is a great movie that I've seen in a long, long time, and. Uh, and so I can't give any other reason than in my gut. It just, it doesn't feel like a five for me. It feels like a 4.5, a 4.5 that I really enjoyed. And if it, if I get a chance to watch it with my son, we're going to watch it and I will watch it in DVD and I will, and I will enjoy it again. But it, um, it doesn't, uh, it didn't, didn't maybe capture me the way I would expect a five movie to capture me. Does it feel like a, does it, and I know be, because it is the middle section of a story, it feels like the middle of a movie. Yeah. Doesn't it? Maybe that's it. Maybe it's The Empire Strikes Back. Although, to be honestly, I love The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah. So, but it does maybe have that, so, a little bit of that sophomore slump, maybe a little bit. Possibly. Um, Possibly. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's not fair to it, but it's, um... It definitely, it, it doesn't feel, I mean, we have, we've had the whole echo with, I mean, Thanos was at the end of the first movie too, first Avengers movie, and then we get Thanos again here, uh, kind of teased, so we know that it's kind of leading that direction. We got him in the Guardians of the Galaxy too. Yep. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I believe that about does it, unless anything else, anyone else has anything to say. Are we good? I think I'm we good. reviewed it. Yeah, yeah, very good. Well, uh, before we wrap it up, Jim, let's give you a chance just to plug a little bit where people can find you on this thing called the interweb and social media. Okay. Well, I appear with you, Scott, and David Moulton on uh, the Dune Saga podcast, and we're a couple of weeks away from recording a new one of those. And uh, Raul Wybera and I, we do the Babylon Project podcast, and uh, that one's kind of stalled out a little bit uh, recently because real life always seems to get in the way at some it does. point. Mm. Yeah, and but we're we're still recording episodes and, and trying to get them out. Attaboy. Yep, and uh, I write a blog, Jim's Sci-Fi Blog, at blogspot.com, and um, uh, I'd love to have some readers and some feedback and things like that, so. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, and uh, you can find them on the Twitter and the Facebook and anywhere else that social media is at, so. I'm everywhere. Very good. Yeah, yeah. I'm like chicken man. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jim. We really appreciate your input and your thoughts on Age of Ultron. It's good to have you on the show again. It's always good to have you on, Jim. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. 
Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. So Jim's response when I invited him was, heck yeah, I'll talk about Age <laughs> <Yay>! of Ultron. <laughs> Yay! So, um, well, it's good to have you on, and it's good hanging out with you, Miles and Em. It was been a little bit. We had a, a technical, I had to replace my sound, soundboard. I'm working with a new soundboard tonight, because the old one, uh, the flash drive crapped out on me, and I think I can fix it. I just didn't have the gumption to go find and figure out fixing it. So that, I, think, I, think, I think that you were sick, Em, and uh, yes. Miles, had, Miles had computer issues. Between the three of that, we just canned the last time we were going to record. So it's good to be back mm -hmm. with all of you and just kind of hang out with you tonight. Yay! It, it was fun. It was fun to talk about it, kind of relive the Age of Ultron again through mm -hmm. the discussion. See, this is the type of discussion you have with your friends after you've seen the movie and you talk about it for an hour afterwards. But, so. Oh, which we almost did, but by the time we got out of the theater, we were just like, Bleh. Yeah, it was like Gosh. 1 o'clock for you, Em. So. Yes, <laughs> it just See, sucked. The sci-fi fan group that, that I had together, we all headed up to uh, a little restaurant up the road called Culver's. Uh, they make some decent hamburgers and things. We all put a couple of tables together and sat there for about an hour and a half and talked the movie. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. So it, it was a blast. That would be a blast. Dude. That's great. All right. Well, we should go ahead and wrap up this show. I believe that's about it. We will be reviewing the second Back to the Future sometime coming up. Cool. And we have a we have a Timothy Zahn interview that we are going to release eventually. We probably won't do much with it tonight because it's got a bit long, and that's fine. Yep. But so you'll be looking for them coming down the pike. But we appreciate you joining us, and uh, and uh, we appreciate uh, we appreciate all you listeners out there. I believe that's it. All right. Till next time. Good night and good luck. We'll see ya. Do your dailies. Excelsior.
So, so I get pause. I got a phone call. Just let me make sure it's uh, okay here. Hello? Yes. Yes. We'd like to I know am. if you want all of the things delivered. You are okay. We will have it delivered to you in a few no, hours. No, I didn't. I'm up. I'm, I'm up doing a recording right now, so I, I didn't hear it. So. Well, that's why you didn't come to the door. Good, good, good. Thank you for moving that. Did you park it out where you had parked before? Yes, that's where we always put the ball pit. <laughs> All right. Yes, we could. Are you going to pay us now? You could just. The front door is unlocked. You can just lay it on the table there. That's fine, but are you going to pay us now? Because <laughs> we'd really like to get paid. It's very heavy on these balls with the, for the pit. It's, it's just very important. <laughs> Am he had to take the headphones off because he made him laugh. Clearly not listening to my questions here because we're trying to deliver the ball pit. And the one that people typically enter, like when you come to visit, we don't bring people into the front typically. So <laughs> he took the headphones <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, he took his head. He, he, yeah, you made him broke, Em. A Philistine. How am I a Philistine? Are you kidding? Your behavior is philistatic. I was merely being hilarious. I think we should just keep that in the show and just be done with it. And it'll be the things that appear at the end of the show that no one ever listens to. Put it at the end of the show. It'll be a nice lend cap for the for the rest of it. Yeah. Well, it was like it was like what three weeks before you heard that you were actually open the show with. Sam? Yes, I didn't realize you were going to put it. I, I had a suspicion you'd put it in, but I had no clue that you were going to put it at the top of the show. Well, you told me to. I I jokingly told you to, and now I've learned my lesson. <laughs> no, you haven't. So. No, I've completely learned my lesson. There, like I can't hey. trust you with anything. When he put that song in, yeah, it was I. I plugged in the, the iPhone, set it on the car seat, started it up, pulled out of the garage, and went, what in the hell is this? <laughs> yeah, we may have lost <laughs> listeners on that one. I'm looking at my phone wondering, I, I was supposed to be listening to the Sci-Fi Diner here. What is this? <laughs> you got a bonus. Did you at least like it? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was nice. You got a nice voice. Thank you. <laughs> I, I need you in my choir. Perfect. I'm an alto one and two, depending. I'm an alto two, but an alto one if I'm if I'm well warmed up. I'll tell you what. I'd be glad just to have an alto. <laughs> oh God, that's not good. Uh, yeah, yeah. We threw that at the top of the show. It was uh, it was. Fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Where were we at? We were Age of Ultron, right? That's what we were talking about before we had this yes, little yeah. Mother's Day. A, you said something about Mother's Day, and I don't know how that leads into Ultron, yeah, but all right. I don't know where we're at with that. Anyway, <laughs> so the reason there was a break, I had a uh, there was a guy knocking on my door and uh, wanting to drop off a check for money to pay us for the podcast and all the podcasting we do. No, not so much, but 